from the man it's all occurred to, Richard Herring. Thank you very much. Yeah, do you like that new, the theme tune, it's been done, do you like that? It's good, isn't it? With all guitars and other stuff in it, it's good. I wrote the lyrics to that, I'm pretty... <laughs> came up with all of it myself, pretty good. Welcome to AI Ottoma! Hey, all the cool kids are calling that. It's the internet stand-up and sketch show, which is pretty much written start to finish in 36 hours, uh, rehearsed once, uh, then we do it and uh, just put it out, whatever happens like if I just you know haven't really written a bit of the script and just try to ad lib my way through it and doesn't really work like this bit that has to stay in it's unedited so that's why it's a bit sloppy around the edges but we're, we're getting better each week as it goes so and this week is a special Halloween special Ooh, yeah so if you're religious then please turn off the show now or you'll be communing with the dark side. You must only believe in the supernatural stuff from your own magic book. <laughs> and there are no five-year-old children dressed up as skeletons or in a Spider-Man outfit in any of the major holy texts. So if a five-year-old dresses up as a skeleton or a Spider-Man, then it is going to hell. <laughs> this week, the Vatican, with little to no self-awareness, supposedly described Halloween as a pagan celebration of terror, fear and death. I don't think they've looked at their own thing very closely. They are. They're, they're the last people to make a big fuss out of worshipping people who've died and then risen out of their graves. Uh, and if you were a kid, uh, what would you prefer? To carve up pumpkins? To, yeah, pumpkins. That's what I meant to say. They're like pumpkins, but they're full of cum. Would you prefer... Not if you're a kid, that's a more adult thing. If you were... If you were a kid, what would you prefer? To carve up pumpkins, put on a funny costume and go door-to-door -door being given sweets, or to sit for an hour in a cold church being told that a big man in the sky had created you to have certain instincts and emotion, but was watching everything you did, and if you ever acted on those instincts that he'd given you, he would burn you in a big fire forever because he loves you. <laughs> And if you didn't and were good, he'd reward you by making you drink his son's blood. <laughs> I, think I'll, I think I'll go for the sweets there. That's, I, I, I admire the devil. He's, he's done some research. He knows this demographic. Kids like sweets and costumes and throwing eggs at the houses of wankers. Whilst, whilst God seems to be way off understanding what kids are up to these days. But then it is a long time since he was one. Uh, Anyway, please welcome the diabolic demons who assist me in creating this Satan-worshipping podcast. Their mothers all suck cocks in hell. And also behind the bus station for loose change, their, their toothless old woman mouths providing extra suction. It's, it's TV's Emma Kennedy, Nazi spawn, Basil Brush writer Dan Tetzel, and proving that the devil has all the best tunes and is keeping them to himself, it's songsmith Christian Riley. Hello. Hi. Hello, everyone. Hello. Hello. What's occurred to you this week? Christian, first. Let's well, go, Christian. What's happened to you? Uh, I was uh, forcibly uh, removed from uh, a stage uh, that I was performing on wow. uh, at an agricultural again, college last uh, week. Yeah, what happened? Uh, uh, it was an agricultural college, and yeah. I happened to mention that they were farmers yeah is that all you said that see, doesn't uh, seem that doesn't seem like a reason to eject you i think they would well somebody heckled with uh, it's a great heckle as well it's a great one uh, bye which uh, you know it's a good heckle you know it's a valid heckle try and uh, and uh, i you know I went, oh, it's, it's great to know your sexuality, mate. Uh, uh, you know, hey, that's why I'm playing agricultural college. <laughs> and uh, and uh, anyway, then he threw some beer at me, uh, which was a... Uh, Are you sure it was beer? <laughs> and it still had, it was a glass, it still had some beer in it. And it, it was plastic, you know. It bounced off me and I picked it up, it still had some in it. And I said, look, he's throwing his beer away just goes to show you guys are all too rich on all those subsidies. Uh, then it got a little bit ugly. And, and I just couldn't understand what the problem was. You're the new Lenny Bruce. It's a shame. If you do well at the agricultural, ag agricultural college, they let you play at the farm. So it's a shame. It's, uh, how about you, Dan? What, have you any been booed off? I haven't been booed off, no. no. I, was, uh, I, was, uh, I, was, I was doing some acting work. Yes. Oh, yeah. That's right, yes. Yeah. It says acting work. Paid acting work okay. <laughs> uh, for a television show. I, I'm sorry to rub it in. Um, 
BBC Three. I'm being the voice of a cat. Oh, I'm sorry, BBC Three. Yeah, all right, no, all right. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, less, and, less and I'm actually not on screen. I'm just the voice of a cat. Um, it's yeah. a long story. Uh, but uh, anyway, but basically, I had to because I'm cheap. I was I had to fill in a lot of voices. And um, as you'll find out tonight, I am not an impressionist. <laughs> and not not an impressionist like John Corshaw's not an impressionist. Properly not an impressionist. <laughs> You know, I admit that. And then this director kept saying, and uh, we just need you to do an Owen Wilson for me. I said, I can't, I don't, know, I don't really know what he sounds like. We'll play him in. And then he'd play in a bit of Owen Wilson again. Yeah, I'm not really an impressionist. <laughs> Playing in Owen Wilson isn't helping me <laughs> in any way. We'll just play him in again. <laughs> no, still, I, I don't, I can't, I'm not an impressionist. Stop playing. Uh, he's sort of Texan with a broken nose. Right. <laughs> I can't, I'm not. No, it's more like, Marley and me. What, Marley, Marley, what have you done? Marley. We'll just play him in again. No, I'm still not an impressionist. I go, okay. Mel Gibson. Oh, fuck off. Good uh, and they get me back the next day, though, so that's all right. Good. It sounds good, this show with a cat and yeah. Mel Gibson and Owen Wilson. Yeah, MC3. Looking, looking forward to that. How about you, eight TV's Emma Kennedy? What I, you I, um, I saw something I've never seen before in my life. What's that? I, I saw three rats sitting in a tree. Are you sure that happened? <laughs> we, were yes. They, I, they the, weren't they rats, were, they were squirrels, I think, no, weren't they? No, no, they, they didn't have bushy tails. Maybe they, they were rats. squirrels who'd been having their, no, their no, tails taken off. No, they had rats' faces yeah, and squirrels. rats' tails squirrels. and rats' paws. Yeah. They were, they were what rats. were they doing in a tree? I don't know. what they, Well, one of them K- was reading a K-I-S-S-I-N. <laughs> no, they were N-I-B-B-L-I-N-G. Oh, I don't know what they were doing in the tree. B-U-M-M-I-N-G. Has anyone here ever seen a rat sitting in a tree, like out in the open? They're getting cocky, I mean, the rats. This is the first, <laughs> first step in the planet of the rat situation. There were three of them. You're never more than uh, t- six feet away from a rat, in, wherever no, you are in the UK. Rat. The worrying thing is, it's actually the same rat. That's the, scare, <laughs> that's the, the scary thing about that statistic. Anyway, thanks very much, Emma Kennedy, TV's Emma Kennedy, yeah, what do you want? for telling everyone you had swine flu last week. Yeah, I did. It's been difficult enough for, to sell tickets for this mm. thing, given we give it away for free on the internet and that without you infecting our regular nerds with your disease mm. and then scaring off any n- normal newbies with tales of deadly viruses mm, sorry I didn't think it through oh it would have been clever if you had been TV's Emma Kennedy I don't know what you mean that's what you wanted everyone to think but I've seen through your cunning ruse and know that in reality you are in fact <laughs> <gasps> Charlie, Charlie the, the caretaker? caretaker? Yes, that's right. When I was cleaning up all your horrible rappers backstage here at the Leicester Square Theatre, I discovered an old abandoned plutonium mine, and I realised if I could scare everyone away from the theatre by orchestrating a swine flu epidemic, and if that didn't work by putting on yet another season of Defending the Caveman starring Joe Mango, I would be able to mine all the plutonium myself and then sell it to terrorists for millions of dollars. And I'd have gotten away with it too if it hadn't been for you pesky meddling cunts. Are we really doing this as a Scooby-Doo parody? Is that really? Yeah, it does. It does look like that. It does appear. It's only week four, though. I mean, I thought. We might have been this desperate by week nine, yeah, but... Yeah, just, just get on with it. All right. All right uh, take him away, officers. Ooh, dig, nibby! Ooh. Oh, no, look, it's a real TV's Emma Kennedy. No, this time it's just Christian Riley in a TV Emma Kennedy mask. <laughs> Christy, Christy, ooh! Oh, oh Christian. I feel dirty. <laughs> Is it a kiss to me? There is no danger of contracting a mortal disease from any of the curse, provided you don't have sex with them, in which case you'll get AIDS. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Uh, well, actually, Richard, it, it yeah. is good that you're trying to reassure people about the safety of seeing the show it's live. It's very safe. Please come along. Do come along. But short, isn't a radioactive plutonium mine isn't that much more hazardous to our audience's health than Emma's clearly imagined and hypochondriac swine flu? Mm, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Anyway, here's some stuff that occurred to me this week. Thursday. I was astonished to find out that Andre Agassi admitted to regularly taking crystal meth whilst he was one of the world's top tennis players. Some people feel he should be punished retrospectively, but I think he should be rewarded for still staying at the top of his profession whilst being hooked on such a debilitating drug. Maybe British players are doing so badly because they're not taking enough hard drugs. Get Andy Murray on the cracks and the heroines and watch him win, win, win. Or just cut out the middleman, give Pete Doherty a tennis racket. Thursday. Michael Jackson's dad, Joe Jackson, said of his son, this is true, he's worth more dead than when he was alive. Before realising that maybe sounded a bit harsh and mercenary and hastily adding, I'd rather have him alive. (laughs) Of course, uh, the other good thing about all the post-death money is that Michael Jackson isn't around to blow it all on crappy, gaudy statues and knick-knacks or running a fun fair or paying off children who he hasn't been touching up. Saturday. It was the X Factor rock and roll special where all the acts did rock and roll songs. And you know, when I think rock and roll, I always immediately think Keen. (laughs) Just after I've thought Katy Perry, but with the lesbian subtext removed, so it's now just a song about a boy kissing a girl and enjoying it. Rock and roll! I can't believe I'm getting sucked into this show and falling for its many tricks. On Thursday, Cowell said that he, if the twins known as Jedward won the contest, he would leave the country. And I came up with this idea. I told Russell Howard for the TV show I'm working on, he should therefore encourage people to vote for Jedward on his TV show, that Cowell would have to leave the country. But then the next day, the papers, reve- reve- the papers revealed that the obvious, that this was just part of Cowell's master plan. Despite his public opposition, he was priming this pair of identical twats to be big stars. He was only saying he'd leave, he'd leave the country to make idiots like me think we'd piss him off by voting for them but if we vote for them he wins anyway it doesn't matter whoever people vote for he makes money it doesn't matter if people even realise it's a con as long as we're talking about him or the X Factor then he's making more and more money the only way to defeat him is for us all to ignore him and everything he does but even by suggesting that I am of course giving him more attention (laughs) and even more money he truly is the lord of all evil as it occurs to me spooky Halloween special. <laughs> it's a thriller, a thriller. hey, it's me, Michael Jackson. You probably remember from my video for Thriller that I used to be a werewolf, but I'm all right now. Ha <laughs> ha, I'm joking. I'm not all right at all. I am dead. But on the bright side, it does mean that I get to take part in a real dance of the zombies this Halloween. I was a bit disappointed. They were on... They were uncoordinated, and their choreography was weak. Still, please go and see my movie. This is it. It is in no way a cobbled together ripoff exploiting my fears. And my dad said if I made that clear, he'd buy a lot of tacky statues to put on my grave. She won't buy. Thanks to my Michael Jackson there, thank you. Do you want us to play him in? (laughs) We're not really allowed to laugh. Monday. Writing last week's show had been a bit of a last-minute thing. I'd been ill with what I thought was swine flu, but was what was, in fact, plutonium poisoning. And uh, 12 hours before the recording, it only five minutes of material. Yet still, somehow, by hook or by crook, by 8 o'clock, we had a show. And the feedback was that it was the best one we'd done. How did that happen? Even I can't quite believe I managed to get the show written in that time. People often ask me... Where do you get your crazy ideas from? It's a good question, but, you know... It's a bit of a mystery even to me how the creative process works. I don't know how I did it last week. I don't know if I'm paranoid or mental, but sometimes I feel like my comedic ideas are maybe telepathically transmitted to me by super-intelligent aliens from Alpha Centauri. Could that be true? Beeping computer noises. Hey, Zed Suck 7, look at the space-time. 
My goodness, Orak, it's the time that Earthlings refer to as 8am Monday GMT. We'd better start transmitting comedy ideas to Richard Herring for, as it occurs to me, or hundreds of people on the internet will be disappointed. Hundreds? Tens. Disappointed? Yeah, I see your point. Well, we better get on with it anyway. You look through the mirror for stories. I'll check the Guardian. Hopefully we'll find something as good as that titsy the dwarf thing from week one. That was a stroke of luck. Could we do some kind of Scooby-Doo pastiche? No, it, it, no it's, been, it's been done. Too many times. But maybe with a kind of postmodern spin that acknowledges that fact. Orak, don't you ever think we're wasting our talents? Hmm, I do not know what you mean, Seven Zuck Seven. Well, no, well, my point is that we are super intelligent space aliens from outer space capable of transmitting our thoughts over light years to specific individuals and yet all we seem to do is send useless and cryptic messages to delusional people and half-thought-out topical sketches to a washed-up comedian. <laughs> Why don't we contact, say, Barack Obama and send him blueprints for a machine that will eradicate war and hunger and cure all disease? Or at least write some sketches for someone who is actually on proper TV like Armstrong and Miller. Oh, look at you, getting all high and mighty. You think our sketch ideas are good enough for Armstrong and Miller now, do you? Affirmative. You've got a lot of work to do before you're up to that standard. <laughs> eh, I don't know. <laughs> Hold on, how about we telepathically send Rich a sketch about us? A sketch, that is, ah, about this very writing process. How's it? How it's us who actually come up with his ideas? What? Just turn this actual conversation into a sketch? Yeah. Ooh, that really is postmodern. Yeah, and, <laughs> and the really postmodern thing is, we end the sketch with us deciding to use the conversation as a sketch. No, the really postmodern thing is that we end the sketch by pointing out how postmodern that would be. <laughs> No, the really postmodern thing is we end the sketch by pointing out how postmodern pointing out how postmodern that would be. W would be? Is that 45 minutes yet? No, no. no. <laughs> oh. No, that can't be it, can it? That wouldn't work. So th this week I was less ill and less busy and resolved to get as much of the script as possible written before the weekend. But even so, I still found myself sitting here at 8am on Monday having got exactly this far in the script, which isn't long enough, waiting for the telepathic transmissions to begin. I am nothing if not a fucking useless twat. Tuesday. Last week I've been discussing how Keith Allen was the biggest cockhole in all of history, but I'd done him a disservice. I'd forgotten all about A.A. Gill. <laughs> a man who makes Keith Allen look like Mother Teresa. That is still a horrible, unpleasant twat with hateful opinions, but one who has for some reason still been made a saint. <laughs> Everything. Some Mother Teresa fans in today. I suggest you read Christopher Hitchens' book about her. Everything about A.A. Gill is, a, is, a, is obnoxious, even his name. Imagine calling yourself by your initials rather than your actual Christian name. But then his actual name is Arsole Anus Gill, so maybe that explains it. In fact, his whole name is just an acronym for Arsole Anus Gash Intercourse Labia Lavatory. It's just easier to say A.A. Gill. But never forget, his actual name is Arsole Arsole Anus Gash Intercourse Labia Lavatory. Anyway, old Arsole Anus Gash Intercourse Labia lav Lavatory got into trouble for this week for pointlessly shooting a baboon. But why? To find out, please welcome baboon murderer Arsole Anus Gash Intercourse Labia Lavatory. Yes, hello, hello. Okay, thanks for having me on. That's my pleasure, Arsole. I prefer AA. Ah, uh, well, I prefer it when baboons are alive, but we, <laughs> we don't always get what we want, do we? So, can you explain to us why you shot that baboon? Yeah, there's been a lot of fuss about me shooting this harmless, inedible baboon through the lungs for no reason, but I only did it because I wanted to get a sense of what it would be like to kill someone. Really? That's why you did yeah. it? And you think that answer makes you look like less of a prick? <laughs> did it give you a sense of what it's like to kill someone, or did it just give you a sense of what it's like to kill a baboon? Uh, well, well, a baboon is, is a bit like a person. A very small, furry person with a nose that looks like a cock and a big red ass. Yeah. There are people who look like that? No, there aren't. What about Rebecca Adlington? <laughs> Stop trying to be pointlessly controversial, <laughs> arsehole anus. Rebecca Adlington doesn't look like that. Yes, she does. She's a very beautiful woman. She's not furry, is she? She's not. Probably hasn't got a red ass. We don't know. We haven't seen. She's got a great big conk. It's something to hold on to. It's lovely. So, uh, why do you. 
Why do you want to get a sense of what it's like to kill someone anyway? Isn't that horrible and creepy? And is it obvi- isn't it obvious to anyone with a brain or any empathy how killing someone would feel? But what if I happen to know that if that baboon had lived, he would have gone on to become the simian equivalent of Hitler? Well, that's different. Did, did you know that that was the case? No. <laughs> I did it because I wanted people to be shocked and upset and to pay me attention. Like Simon Cowell or a teenager or a comedian. I feed off people giving a fuck about anything I do. And by getting cross about me shooting a baboon rather than ignoring me like you would a naughty baby, you've just made me stronger. I am 55 years old. It's because of people like you that apes are planning to overthrow humans and make us their slaves. Shut up or I'll get A.N. Wilson onto you. Give him his full name. Anal necrophile Wilson. (laughs) That's better. Ladies and gentlemen, arsehole anus gash intercourse labia lavatory. Is, is nuts. Uh, but uh, it's surprising actually how few rude words begin with the letter I. Uh, isogamy, as I'm sure we're all aware, is sexually re- sexual reproduction by the fusion of similar gametes, which is very rude. Wednesday. On Wednesday, I was invited onto Newsnight to discuss boundaries in comedy. I was very excited. I was going to meet Jeremy Paxman. Paxo! Pac-Man Paxman, that's what they call him. The Paxmeister. The Paxidermist, that's his name. The, pas- the, the Pachysaf... Fuck. <laughs> no one calls him this. The Packy Cephalosaur. Yeah, that's right. The Packy. They never call him that. You mustn't. You mustn't call him that. That is right. Back in the 1990s, when uh, back in the 1990s, when I was on TV. Please let me boo back on TV. Why don't you, please? It's humiliating me having to do this in front of a hundred people. <laughs> Be on TV. But when I was back on TV the first time, I've been very excited the first time I went to the TV centre. I saw the fountain that Roy Castle had tap danced around, the Blue Key Peter Garden where they'd thrown that oil into the pond and everything. It was good. <laughs> when I got in the lift, I couldn't believe it. Jeremy Paxman, old Pacahontas himself, as well. he got in, he stood right next to me. Jeremy Paxman off the telly. He's standing there just like a normal person. I reached over and touched his briefcase with one of my hands and he never saw. So who would have imagined just 15 short years later, my career would have got to the point that I was talking to him on TV almost as an equal. I was pretty nervous as I was sat on that sofa for him to stop, when he was waiting for him to stop talking to the Northern Ireland Secretary and speak to me with his mouth. But when he bounded over, he seemed very friendly. Uh, you must be Richard Herring. <laughs> you must be Jeremy Baxman. <laughs> <laughs> it was like we were friends. He, he reached over to shake my hand, but he came in a bit fast and from an unusual angle. He meant he caught that bit of skin between the thumb and the forefinger uh, with a bit of skin between his thumb and his forefinger. It kind of hurt. It was an embarrassing clash of bits of skin. And it, I was in pain. It, I don't know if it was deliberate. Paxman, the pachyderm, the Pax inspector, had hurt. Was it an accident or was Paxax saying to me... That's right, Richard Herring. You think I don't remember you, do you? From the lift a decade and a half ago? You think I didn't see you touching my briefcase with one of your hands, do you? Yeah, of course I saw it. Do you know how much it cost me to clean that fingerprint off? 13 pence. Well, it's Paxback time. It's uh, payback time, obviously, there. I'm going to tear you a new arsehole. But don't start thinking, hey, that would be pretty good, having two arseholes. Could finish my toilet business in half the time. Because it won't be a functioning arsehole. It'll be purely for decorative purposes. Although probably hardly anyone will ever see it, as it will be in your pants parallel to your current arsehole. But still, you'll know it's there, and it will be slightly embarrassing. Secretly, I was quite excited about Pack-a-lack-a-dack-dax, as he's known to everyone. <laughs> Tearing me a new arsehole. To tear me a new arsehole, he'd have to be touching my arse, wouldn't he, to do it? And he'd also have to be touching my new arsehole. And who knows where that would lead. Perhaps he wanted me to have two arseholes because he was secretly diphylactic and he, he wanted to double fuck me. That was what I was imagining. But he didn't tear me a new arsehole, though. 
I'd liked if he did. But he was really, he was really, really friendly, a bit too friendly. I was disappointed he wasn't being his useful Pax man, the axe man self. Uh, after the recording, he shook my hand again a bit more carefully, but he wouldn't let go. He was staring into my eyes with his strange, dreamy look. He said, I can't believe I've actually met you properly. You're Richard Herring off of the telly. The Herringbone, Herring, Herring, the Herring man. You were Percy the Shepherd in one episode of short-lived drama series Servants. And now I'm touching your hand with one of my hands. Yes. I've been a fan of yours ever since you wrote for Radio 4's The End of the Road Show. Yes. No one remembers that. I once saw you. I once saw you in a lift in the BBC. I touched one of your hands with my briefcase and you never saw. Can we be friends? Please, can we? Pax Britannia Pax, man. I thought you were cool, but you're a simpering idiot. Get away from me, you're pathetic. Leave me alone. Oh, please, Rich, please be my friend. Come on, I'm so lonely. I just want a friend. Someone who will call me Jeremy. <laughs> and that's what really happened. As it occurs to me, what really happened? No, no, wait, it's not what really happened. I was just saying it's what really happened. The way you sang that makes it sound like it didn't really happen, but it did really happen. So try that. It wasn't really happened, it just really happened. Try it again. Okay. As it occurs to me, what really happened? That's better. <laughs> now, another Halloween greeting. Hi there. It's Patrick Swayze here from Off of Ghosts. Yeah, I know. I don't need anyone else to point out the irony of that one. I know I don't really sound like me that much, but it's because the only way I can speak to you is from inside the body of Whoopi Goldberg. I know. Who'd have thought that would come true too? But look, I really just want to have one last snog with Demi Moore before I go to heaven and to help make her a vase, but... Every time I go round, she's all, fuck off, Whoopi, not this again. I don't fancy you. Stop trying it on as usual. But I'm going, but it's me, Patrick Swayze. Come on, I, I just want one more go on you. And she's all, no, if you don't leave me alone, I'm calling the police, Whoopi. It's weird. And I'm going, oh, come on, just let me finger you a bit. But anyway, if you see her, will you tell her I am Patrick Swayze? Honestly, ditto. See? How would I know about that otherwise? So uh, now it's time. Our producer Ben thought no one would understand that. Maybe they did. Just didn't think it was funny. Now it's time to find out if anything has occurred to our audience this week. Has anyone got any good story? There's a fellow straight here. What's... I, broke, I broke a world record. You broke a world record. What's your name, sir? Pete. Pete. What world record did you. Uh, largest Halloween gathering. Largest Halloween gathering. There may have been about 400 other people. 400? That's pathetic. <laughs> That's up <laughs> There may have been for it wasn't Norris McWhorter there. He could be. It was Halloween. Uh, holding the bits of Ross McWhorter in his hand. No, no, he was shot. Uh, so uh, it was at the Westfield Centre. Oh God, that's there was only four hundred people there. It's the biggest shopping centre. It was the Westfield Centre, is what he said there. Are you sure you won a record? Or are you just imagining that you were just there dressed as a Skellington, weren't you? Yeah. You make me sick. Uh, any other? Just trying to get attention. He's got Munchausen syndrome. There's a the, the old gentleman there in the blue shirt. If I was Jeremy Paxton, I'd say the bald man. Hello, what's uh, hello? I know I know who you are. It's uh, I do. Go on, Andrew. Yeah, I won an episode of Mastermind. You won an episode of Mastermind this week. Was it this week, Andrew, or is it this going back sometime in your life? Last week. In the last seven days. Strike it from the record. <laughs> You won 15 to 1 as well, didn't you? Yeah, I got to the final. Got to the final of 15 to 1. Yeah. I, I, know, I know most people in the audience, don't worry. Anyone else? They'd come here showing off about being on quiz shows eight days ago. <laughs> Pretending they've broken a world record. Uh, anyone else got one? There's another one brave enough. What's your name, sir? Uh, Ralph. Ralph. And he's wearing a Superman T-shirt. Uh, I'm guessing that's a bad start. <laughs> what did you do, Ralph? Well, I'm a union official and postal worker, so I spent a lot of time on picket lines. <laughs> He's a union official and postal worker. Spent a lot of time on picket line. The thing is, I don't know how you can tell the difference when a postman is actually on strike. That's the... <laughs> Welcome to the 21st century. Email, mate. That's why no one's, no one's noticed. I, got, I bought a Kindle this week. I don't even have to get books delivered anymore. They're coming straight through. Thank you for your hard work there, man. A lot of support here from the... Oh, with the carrier pigeon men on, on strike. 
oh no, what will we do? And the man who set light to the beacons on the top of the hills, they've stopped working, how will we get messages? There's my support there goes out to the postal workers. Stop dropping fucking rubber bands on my... <laughs> Drop them in the street. Right outside my door. I love the postal workers. They're good. Uh, anything happened to anyone? Have you got anything else for us, Emma? Got any other stories? Oh, you having a drink? No, just relax. <laughs> You've done your Michael oh, Jackson well. impression, haven't you? So, yeah. yeah, I've done that. That was quite good. I had the, the man from the council came back. Did you, did oh, you yeah, listen to that? Yeah, about the the wolf the walnut faced old gonk had had, had um, Emma's neighbour had been complaining that me. she'd uh, knocked down a chimney and been moving internal walls of a house around yeah, when she, she'd just had her bathroom. I decorated. just had my bathroom redecorated. And what did the man from the council say? Well, he he came he came round and he said right, I, and he was quite officious, and I was a bit scared of him. And uh, he came in and he said right, I'd like to see this uh, knocked down chimney, please. And I said, well, I haven't knocked down a chimney. <laughs> Haven't done that. I said, look, here's my, here's, look, I said, look up there, look, there's a chimney. And he went, hmm. And then I went, and look in here, look, there, there's the chimney plate, the fireplace, they call it these days. <laughs> there, there it is. And he went, well, I'd, I'd like to see these party walls you've knocked down. I said, I haven't done that. I haven't, I haven't knocked down any party walls. So I've just had my bathroom redecorated. He said, well, let's see this so-called redecorated bathroom. <laughs> So I said, look, it's here. And he went, yes, it's nice. <laughs> and then he just went, yeah, we get a lot of this. <laughs> just people making stuff up, <laughs> dobbing me in. Yeah, it's mainly about you. That's yeah, the thing. That's about right. me, yeah. And you should be used to it. You're very unpopular <laughs> no, in the neighbourhood. Very unpopular. Shitting in buckets outside <laughs> there say? in the garden. I know, I d I, well, I didn't do a poo, as we've as now established. We've, we've, you've been going on at me about this <laughs> uh, for many weeks. You've I never did done not a poo. do a poo. In a bucket in the garden. Okay. I did a wee. That's a different did, thing. Did a bit of poo come out? No. Did you do a fart? I may have done a resounding fart, okay. which in the confines of a bucket may have sounded like a poo, but it wasn't one. But the point, but the point was, the point was, the walnut-faced old gonk, I've done a lot of stuff for her. Like, I, I trim her hedge, her real hedge. Don't get funny. It's nothing... I'm not a gerontophile like Richard Herring. And, um, and I told you, didn't I? She fell over in the back garden. I called the ambulance. Yeah. I got her a pillow. I got her a blanket. I sat with her for an hour. Fucking bitch. <laughs> Good. Uh, do you have another one, Dan? Uh, yeah, cool. well, it's, it's more of a, I, um, uh, a few years ago, I had a number 11 uh, drum and bass uh, single in the charts. This is true. Uh, I, well, I didn't, and it was by DJ D. Klein. It was called I Don't Smoke Derefa. I don't remember that. Um, very long story. Anyway, I, we, you know, I wrote the lyrics. Um, true. And uh, my girlfriend's uh, sister threw away my only copy of the CD in a sort of house clearing. She was supposed to be cathartic, but she threw it away. And so if DJ D. Klein is listening, he's probably on strike with you. Um, <laughs> And if you've still got a copy, I know there was a bit, you were quite disappointed we took half of your money and you only got to a number 11 and then you never had another hit. Who knew that novelty drum and bass would not be a seller? Um, <laughs> do get in touch. Send, you could send that into the Leicester Square Centre, Leicester yeah. Place, yeah, Dan yeah. Tetzel. Or just some Harry. So or just put that Nazi's grandson who writes for Basil Brush and it'll just get to him. Yeah. Uh, so uh, it's just true. Don't look at me. He is a Nazi's grandson. Uh, I, I had, last night um, I was doing a... <laughs> It's all right, we've, we've all come to terms with it. Uh, last night I was doing a gig in, uh, uh, near Charing Cross and I was waiting outside with some of the other comedians and this, this uh, homeless guy came up to me selling The Big Issue. But he's one of those guys who just has one copy of The Big Issue. He's not really a proper seller. He kind of pretends he's going to sell it to you. And I, I, was gonna, I thought I might buy it off him anyway because it had, I think, Bill Hicks is on the front. I thought that'd be interesting. But he wasn't actually selling it. He was just holding it. But, uh, but he kind of, it's weird because this happens to me quite a lot. And he's a homeless guy and he goes, you used to be on the telly, didn't you? Which... I don't know why my, most of my fans are homeless. I don't, I don't know if that's just homeless people all get together and watch TV together or whether just if you were my fan in the late 1990s that in the in intervening 10 years your life has taken that kind of a dive. That it, He was quite a scary guy. He kind of went, I said, are you all right? And he said, no, I'm not. I've been in hospital 
uh, for the last two days. I nearly died. And then he showed me his arm, and there was a massive gash, right? I mean, it was quite, it was like a Halloween stuck on. It might have been. I mean, it's a good, it's a good gimmick if you ever are going to see some guys in the front row here quite close to the, that decline of Richard Herring fanness. So stick on a thing. But then he did say, you should get back on TV. Why aren't you on TV more? And I said, I oh, know, I agree. I don't understand. He says, he says, you tell those blokes, I'll get them if they don't put you back on TV. So that is, that's a warning. That's a warning shot. Cross your bows uh, there, people. Anyway, thanks to our audience there for joining in. And that wasn't made, that, I did quite well today, and it sounded like it was all scripted, but it wasn't. Uh, <laughs> if you want to be a part of uh, these in, insane nutcases and hear yourself on the podcast, you could be here in the audience, hear your laugh. You might hear yourself shouting out willies. Uh, then, yeah, I wasn't in, in trying to encourage you to do it. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like Simon Cowell playing with you. <laughs> Then, then do come down to the Leicester Square Theatre. It's every Monday, nearly till Christmas. What's next? Thursday. It was revealed that Sky TV have booked Derek Akara from Most Haunted. Akara. Yeah, I always get him. Akara. We've been over this a hundred times. Akora. Derek Akara, I call him. It's a sarcastic nickname. Yes, a sarcastic nickname. <laughs> it's a lot worse than being sarcastic. It's like you've sent them a pumpkin. So, um... <laughs> Derek Akira from Most Haunted to film two shows in which he conducts a seance to just uh, splice that together after... Oh, we can't do that. Uh, to film two shows in which he conducts a seance to try and contact Michael Jackson. I mean, how is that okay? That's, um, Jackson is barely cold in his grave. They're turning his death into this sensationalist entertainment. I just don't think... You wouldn't do it with, if they said they were doing a seance to raise Stephen Gately. You'd be appalled at that. Why is it, why is it all right to have Michael Jackson just so recently dead treated in this way how is it morally justified to exploit someone's death in return for ratings well to find out hopefully and hopefully improve our ratings please welcome David Derrick <laughs> Derek Akira ladies and gentlemen and his brother David doesn't say much oh someone sent me this lovely pumpkin it? <laughs> got a different sort of filling you know I don't normally like them but um really Good, yeah, nice to have you here anyway, Derek. Sorry right, for the... the chin. Yeah, right. you've, uh, so you've promised to channel Michael Jackson for us. It's yeah. a big risk, isn't it? I mean, how can you be sure you'll locate his soul amongst the billions of dead in time for the podcast? And what if he, you find him, but he doesn't want to talk to you? Yeah, yeah, it is a big asterisk, isn't it, Rich? You know, yeah. and it is absolutely... I told you. And, <laughs> you know, there's absolutely no guarantee that I'll be able to find him. It could take me days. He might not want to chat, but I can't... Oh, there he is. Yeah, straight, straight through. Very yeah, impressive. Yeah. No. Oh, he's saying something. He's, say, he's saying, "Hello, I am Michael Jackson." Wow, oh, that's brilliant. It must be him. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> is there any way you can prove it is though? Definitely for more skeptical well, he, you listeners. Know, he, just, he just said he was. It's is that not, is that not on off? It is. Right. Uh, can you prove it, Michael? Yeah, yeah, he's doing the moonwalk. There he is. It must be him. That's compelling evidence. Uh, yeah. Can I try, it? Michael? Michael, can I ask you a question? If you're there, you're in the Jackson Five, right? Were you in the Jackson Five? He says, yes, that's him. It must be him. No, yeah. no, that's not the thing. Okay. What were the names of the other members of the group? <laughs> their names? Yeah, does he know their names? Essentially, his own brother's names. Does he know... Yeah, I, Could he tell I, I, us that? Yeah, I think so, yeah. yeah you know, I mean, they're his brothers, of course. Yeah. Can you ask him to tell us? Can you not just look it up on Wikipedia? Well, it's more... <laughs> I'm trying to prove it's him, really. Of course it is. Yeah, yeah. Of course it is. All right. Okay. Uh, Michael, what are the names of the Jackson Five? Yep, 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 yeah, you got them all, yep. What did he say? The name. Which were? Jermaine. Yeah. Tito. Good. Himself, of course. He was one of the five. That's true. Any yeah. of the others? I'll make that three. There's two more to go. Oh, oh, dear, Michael, he's very angry now that you're wasting time. He, oh, he's furious. He can only be here for a few minutes, and, you know, he's got important things to say. Sorry, what, what are the things? He's, say, oh, he's saying that he loves his fans. Oh, nice. His fans are all that matters to him. All, all that matters And his children, yeah. even, the one, even the one off of Oliver. He loves them, you know, but mainly his fans. Good to know he's come all, the way, all this way from the afterlife to spout obvious platitudes. It, yeah, he also says he doesn't like the way he's been exploited for monetary gain after his death. He doesn't like that. He, no, it makes him furious. But even so, he's using one of the people who is exploiting him for monetary gain to spread that message. Yeah, he's, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, I'll tell him. Yeah, he's saying uh, he doesn't mind me making money out of him. He, I'm the only good one. He, what was that? Yeah, yeah. So he's saying he's always loved me. 
Derek Akora, that's right, Derek Akora, and he had all me most haunted on tape before I was sacked, and thinks I deserve, if anything, more money. You know, he, I, I agree. He say I'm not charging enough. That's nice of him. Uh, yeah. What surprises me about you mediums, or is it, is it media? Uh, corpse whisperer. Okay, is that you have access to the souls of the dead, yeah. and presumably, therefore, the answer to all the great mysteries of the universe, mm. yet all you ever find out is that the ring is in the soap dish or that a dead person is sorry or misses the people who are still alive. Uh, now she we have this hello. hotline... She says hello, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> now we have this hotline to the other side. Could I at least ask which religion turns out to be right? Michael must know, shouldn't he? Oh, it's quite, it's quite hard to hear what he's saying. That's weird. Um, he was very clear when he was saying how brilliant you were. Yeah, well, he, was, <laughs> he was garrulous then. Wasn't he? he was loquacious at that point. Now he's, uh, right, no, he says that all religions turn out to be right. All of them? Yeah, all of them. So Christians are right when they say that Jesus is God and there is only one God mm-hmm. and that all Muslims would burn in hell. Yeah. And Islam is also right when it says Allah is God and there is only one God and that all Christians will burn in hell. Mm-hmm. Both those things are correct. Yeah. And Jews are also right mm-hmm. when they say Jesus definitely isn't God. Those are all yeah. right. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's hard for our mortal brains to understand, but whatever you believe will happen to you when you die will happen to you when you die. <laughs> really? Is that true? Because yeah. I believe that when I die, I will then immediately become alive again in the same body <laughs> and live for infinity and be indestructible and be able to fly and have a cock made out of t- titanium <laughs> with kind of jewels all studded all over it, which will make me simultaneously the richest man in the world and the greatest lover who has ever lived, just strategically placed. That will, yeah. that will happen when I die, will it? Yes. Good, I'm looking, I'm looking forward to that. And he's in heaven then. Michael Jackson's in heaven then. Yeah, 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 yeah. Despite all the stuff he did, he's in. Yeah. You know. So it doesn't really matter what you do, does it? You're going to get into heaven, whatever happens. Yeah, it looks like it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Get out of here, oh. Cora. You're a fraud. Get out. As it occurs to me, we don't believe in no ghosts. Which, taken into account, the double negative is another way of saying. We do believe in ghosts. Woo! Woo, scary! Thursday. Thursday, two of my good friends got married. Uh, everyone is married these days except me, it seems. In fact, some of my friends have managed to get clean through two marriages in the space of time that I've managed none. Uh, Henry and Sarah, today's latest additions to the cavalcade of twats. Uh, I'm joking. I'm not. Who, who value hope over experience. I'm joking. I'm not. I've been together for ages and seem to me like a pretty perfectly matched and deeply in love couple. And if I had to gamble on it, I would say that they might make it through this self-imposed and unnecessary assault course. Uh, I don't say that at the time, though. I didn't say that to them. I just said congratulations, of course. And I meant it. I, I love love and I love hope. But I'm not getting any younger and I don't want to get left on the shelf. But the problem is that if I get off the shelf and get married, then there's a good chance that the person who took me off the shelf will realise they made a mistake and put me back on the shelf. (laughs) And then I'll still be on the shelf, but now I'll no longer have a house. (laughs) (laughs) Marriage is a proper full-on gamble. And yet, what do you win? What's the best you can get? Happiness? Unlikely. Uh, a family, that's about the best, you know. And I, I like kids, but having them around all the time and having to look after them and look at their stupid faces. I mean, having children is a bit like inviting a complete stranger in, who's self-obsessed, stupid, incontinent and mentally ill into your home and agreeing to look after them for the next 18 years at your own expense, whatever they might get up to in the interim. You don't even get to choose the mental person from a catalogue or something. They just turn up in miniature form and even then they exhibit few of the qualities that they will have as they get older. Half of it might be stuff that's you, but it might be the shit stuff from you, won't it? And it might be... (laughs) Why would anyone do that? Even if it... Even if it all works out with marriage, then one of you will probably die before the other one, leaving the other back on the shelf, but now bereft and alone and weeping and inconsolable. Still, I was happy that my friends, uh, (laughs) who I both like, had bound themselves together in a union with about a one in three chance of not ending in total misery, providing you're the one who dies first. Um, I hope they produce lots of tiny people to make their lives even more sad. Uh, I shall stare down at them from the shelf, sad, of course, alone, but at least with a controllable level of sadness that never changes and with no danger of someone just taking all my stuff because we now hate each other. Still, I probably shouldn't have said all that in the best man speech. Especially given I wasn't the best man. I, did, I, 
I did the speech anyway. I hadn't been invited to that part of the wedding. I was just meant to come along with them for the drinks afterwards, but I thought it needed to be said. Anyway, one, one more celebrity. They're not that good. I don't really know them that well. Anyway, one, one more celebrity Halloween greet. Hello, it's me, J.K. Rowling. Jism knob cheese Rowling. <laughs> Satan charged me with the task of creating something powerfully evil to corrupt the young and destroy the church. And what I came up with was a boy wizard who eats chocolate frogs and goes to anachronistic private school. <laughs> Satan really is a bit of a pussy when it comes down to it. If he really wanted to corrupt and scare children, he should take a leaf out of the Roman Catholic Church's book and systematically sexually abuse them. <laughs> Though I agree that that isn't as terrifying as Quidditch. Thanks there. Uh, Halloween was interesting on, on Saturday. I kind of, I, I didn't, uh, sometimes I like joining in with it and engaging with it, but I didn't really want to this time and I hadn't got any sweets in. So I kind of, um, I actually turned all the lights out in my house, even though I was in for most of the evening and kind of turned the TV down really low and sort of crashed by my sofa. Uh, kind of, and I could hear kids coming up down the street, but none of them actually rang on my doorbell. I don't know, I don't know if that's because the lights weren't on, but I think it might just be because maybe I'm the strange bloke in the street. <laughs> that no one wants to uh, see anymore. We had a pumpkin in your window, didn't you? <laughs> <I> did. <laughs> come in. Come in for pumpkins. That's the, that's the advertising slogan. Uh, I don't really get the pumpkin thing either. I mean, I know that I don't... It's not frightening to have a pumpkin with a, a scary face and a candle because it doesn't look like anything... You can know where you can mistake that, especially on Halloween, you're expecting the pumpkin. But the pumpkin with a candle in it doesn't... That doesn't look like... You don't ever see a scary face with a candle inside it. So it's not... Even if you did it a different time of year, it wouldn't be scary. If you're going to make it scary, should mix it up a little bit. You know, if you're going to use... I don't know, if you have to use vegetables for this, maybe stick a courgette through someone's letterbox and waggle it around. <laughs> or... Um, that would scare them, that's what I'm saying. The pumpkins... Or throw some burning potatoes onto their roof. You know, something like that. Mix it up a bit, the pumpkins... Lost its element of surprise, that's why. Anyway, that just about wraps it up for another Richard, week. Richard, hey, wait, before you finish, I got something, someone I think you should meet. Get out of here, Derek Akora, whatever your name is. We've, we've had Akora? enough from you. No one likes you. Come, no, um, come on through, Michael. Oh, don't be ridiculous. That's right, Richard. It's me, the ghost of Michael Jackson. I've returned from the dead. A bit like in that thriller video. Except I'm a ghost, not a zombie or a werewolf. You didn't let me finish what I was trying to say when I was talking to you through Derek. Don't laugh at what I That was I'm really saying. you. I can't that was you. Yeah, of course it was. He said I did the moonwalk. Why did you believe him? Well, I didn't believe him because you could only name three of the Jackson Fives. Yeah, I don't remember what the other two are called. No one does. <laughs> Tito, Jermaine, me. Come on. To think that anyone would remember those other two is just ignorant. It's ignorant. Yeah, I was trying to cover for Michael to save him the embarrassment of not even knowing his brother's names. You know. So I've been forced to take physical mm. form so I can tell you the truth. You know you can't work out how to write this show so quickly? That's right, come It's on. because I write it and then telepathically transmit it to you from the afterlife. I mean, I thought it might be aliens, but that, that seems far-fetched. That you know. It's true. So you, what, you wrote this whole script that we're reading now? So you wrote that joke earlier on that implied you were a spendthrift paedophile? Yeah. <laughs> I've got a good sense of humour about myself. Yeah. You know, I just fancied a change from the pop star thing and knew no one would take me seriously as a comedy writer, so decided to die. <laughs> and then write an internet sketch show from beyond the grave. And then maybe, if that went well, I might get to write for Armstrong and Miller. What is it? Stop going on about Armstrong and Miller. They're not that good. It's the RAF thing. I don't know how they've managed to stretch that out as long as they have. Anyway, hold on. I know what's going on here. I can't believe I nearly... I nearly believed this. It's you again, isn't it? It's Charlie the caretaker trying to scare us away all again by dressing up as a ghouly ghost. No, it's not. It's me, Come Michael Jackson. Come off it. The mask you've got this time is useless. It's clearly made out of rubber. It doesn't even fit your face, go on. No, 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 that's my actual face. Yeah, my face. You pulled off my face. Oh, sorry, Michael. Oh, oh my, my eyeball has fallen out. Oh, no, watch out, watch out, it's falling into that bucket. 
Look, it's um, spinning around a bit in there, it's spinning. Planking about a bit, isn't it? Taking It's taking a long time to come to a stop, isn't it? So, what's, it what's it made out of? It's made out of glass. Did you have a glass eye? Oh, stop, that's good. But without my face and one of my eyes, I can't go on. Oh, no. I am dying. You can't die, you're already dead. Oh, well done, Richard. You've killed Michael Jackson's ghost. And once a ghost is dead, that's it. He's properly dead. He can't ever come back again. I hope you're pleased with yourself. What have you got to say? Nothing. I can't say anything, because Michael Jackson's ghost is dead, mm -hmm. so there's no-one to telepathically write the script anymore. <laughs> I have no lines yeah, yet. Yeah, you should have thought of that before. From now on, you're going to have to write all your own scripts. No! The weird thing about that is, though, Derek, yeah. that all the stuff about ripping off Michael Jackson's face and him dying and even the things we're saying now, they're all in the script. What? <laughs> what? You're saying that Michael planned this? That's insane. That's what the script said you say. Wow. <laughs> this is what Michael always intended. But more importantly, this is the last thing he ever wrote. Luckily, I thought to film the whole thing so we can release Michael Jackson's last work as a movie. <laughs> <laughs> this is how it occurs to me for his fans. Yeah, he, he loved his fans. He was an amazing spirit. Wow, was that in the script? Yeah. It's a bit arrogant. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, it is. And, like, and I get 50% of the profits, as we discussed before. Of course. Brilliant. Michael, fans, Michael Jackson's fans are even more gullible and stupid than mine. <laughs> Hope you enjoyed the show. If so, why not buy some of my DVDs from www.gofasterstripe.com. Uh, if you're in London on a Monday night, then please help fund this ludicrous rubbish by coming to see us at the Leicester Square Theatre. If you'd come this week, you'd have seen the actual ghost of Michael Jackson. It was scary, wasn't it, everyone? Yeah, see? Should have been here, you'd have seen that in real life, but now you can only just get to listen to it. Imagine what it was like. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening, everyone. Bye! As it occurred to me, it was written by the telepathic ghost of Michael Jackson. It was performed by Richard Herring, Dan Tetzel, and me, TV's Emma Kennedy. Christian Riley did all the musical bits, and Ben Walker was in charge. With thanks to Damien Caldwell, Emma Brundage, Kelly Enfield, Rob Sedgeber, and everyone at the Leicester Square Theatre. A special thanks to Orange Mark and the British Comedy Guy. This is an Avalon and Sky Potato production and should arrive at Alpha Centauri in about 2058. Nano, nano! Good night, Leicester Square!